What a wonderful presence of God in this place. Aren't you thankful for his blood? We live in a time when people are trying to preach and diminish his blood, diminish who Jesus is. But I'm so glad I know who he is. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. I was just at a funeral Saturday of a man in Arkansas who was named Brother Joe Saragusa. And he had, they, they stopped counting at 2,000 that he had baptized in the jails and prisons. And they, his pastor told me, I was preaching for him Sunday, he said one of the last things Brother Joe said to me is I want more souls. I want more souls. I don't know about you, but I want to do more. Come on, I want to do more. I, I, I'm not giving him enough. Come on, I want to give him more. How many mores out there like Nick Mahaney that should be in prison that God is just waiting on somebody to knock on their door, teach them a Bible study, invite them to church? That's stirred my soul ever since I heard him tell me that. I want more souls. Was his last one of his last words to say on this earth. Joshua 7 and 16. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes and the tribe of Judah was taken and he brought the family of Judah and he took the family of the Zarhites and he brought the family of the Zarhites man by man and Zabdi was taken. Poor people, they were last in everything. It's bad enough having M's, Mahaney's. If you was all Z's, you would be the last at everything. And he brought his household man by man. And Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel. And make confession unto him. And tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. Then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran unto the tent and behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent brought them unto Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah 
and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his donkeys and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them into the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire. And after they had stoned them with the stones, and they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. And I want to preach on there's always a price. And I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to ask God to begin to speak to us. Lord, we need you right now. God, we, your people, we lift our hands to you. God, speak to us, Jesus. God, touch my mind and my voice and my body, Lord. I need you right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I rebuke any spirits that are not of you. They have to be silent. We take dominion right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I come against sickness and disease and infirmities. In the name of Jesus, I speak against diabetes and high blood pressure, heart disease and cancer. We take dominion over them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you're our healer, you're our savior, and we love you. We give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. You may be seated. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the children of Israel have finally come to their promised land. And after all their trials and after all their tribulations, they have finally arrived and Moses is no longer with them. The Bible tells us how he has died and been buried by the angels now under the leadership of Joshua, who Moses has taken and laid his hands on and imparted to him. Come on, young men of God. You need to find an elder in a service, almost every service, and say, pray for me, elder. Put your hands upon me. Pray for me. All, all he would need to now lead them to victory was in his grasp. He was ready. They had crossed the mighty Jordan on dry land. And once again, the hand of God has held back the waters. Now they are purified and they have been consecrated. And now they are poised to reap the spoils and take what God has promised to them. Now with the hand of God guiding them, they faced what others would think was an unconquerable city, Jericho. See, Jericho had its massive walls and it had its mighty army guarding it, and it seemed as if no army could ever take it. But they march out into this valley to take this city that no one else thought could be taken. But you see, this was no ordinary army, but it was an army that not only served the one true God, come on, but they also kept the commandments and statutes of that one true God. They were a holy people. They were a separated people, and they knew that they would be protected by God. Now ready for battle, and with a battle plan not designed by the hands of men, but with a battle plan designed by the Almighty God Himself, they begin to march in silence around this city, Jericho. 
Once a day, for six days, they would march around this mighty city in silence. No doubt the enemy stood on these mighty walls, laughing, shouting out insults. But the children of Israel just kept focused, and they just kept on marching. Every day for six days they marched, all ready for battle. Following the priests that carried the ark in the hot sun, they marched. With the dust choking them, they marched. You see, God had told them what to do to take this city, so they stood on God's word. Come on, they didn't doubt his word. They didn't try to second guess his word. They just believed in what the man of God had told them that God was going to do. Come on, sometimes we just need a man of God to step behind the pulpit and say, Thus saith the Lord. Sometimes we just need a man of God to say, Hey, devil, get your hands off of my people. Sometimes a man of God has to speak what he's been hearing from God in his prayer room, in his prayer closet. So on the seventh day, they march around the city of Jericho. Six times in silence, but on the seventh time around the city, the priests blow the trumpets, and this army of God gives a mighty shout. Come on, that's what happens when we begin to shout. And the walls came down. Come on, somehow I just feel when I walked in the door tonight that somebody has got some insurmountable walls that's been coming against you lately. But if you'll just fall on your knees and find you a place with God and begin to shout before the Lord God, begin to clap your hands in His presence, come on, those walls are going to come down. You see, they were given specific instructions not to spare anyone or anything and not to keep any of the spoils because they were cursed. So Joshua 6 and 16, and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you this city. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it, but all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the battle is raging. Victory is in the hands of Israel. And we see as one of the warriors in the heat of battle named Achan from the tribe of Judah. He comes across a fine Babylonish garment and immediately his eyes are caught by the beauty of it, as he reaches for it, he also sees 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold. He's caught up with the beauty, and in his greed, he hides it and he keeps it. He no doubt is thinking, it won't hurt anything, and besides, no one will ever know. 
Come on, your sins are going to find you out. Your sins are going to find you out. So he thinks, I'll just keep it hidden away and, and no one will ever know. And the very next battle, the children of Israel are faced against a small people of Ai. After their mighty victory over Jericho, they didn't even think it was needful to send out the whole army. They just send out the Salvation Army. Sorry. They always wanted me to be Santa. So they sent out this small group of soldiers. Sorry, I had to break it up just for a second. The ADD, y'all know me, the ADD kicks in. But this time... They go into battle with sin in their camp. And they don't have God's blessings upon them. You ever wonder sometimes why you can't get victory? Come on, don't get mad at me. But when you got sin in your camp, you're never going to have victory. I've always noticed the ones pointing all the fingers are usually the ones that got all the sin. That's a whole other sermon. God love them. Battle after battle, it just seems like you just can't do anything but get beat down. That's when you need to find yourself an old-fashioned army. Come on, an old-fashioned altar and get on your knees and begin to cry out to God. Come on, the devil's attacking our church. Come on, men are being shaken. Men are falling. Come on, God, the, devil is, the, the devil is shaking everything he can to see who he can use in these last days. But at the same time, God is purging his church for the greatest revival that this world has ever seen. Come on, he's going to get rid of all the impurities. He's going to get rid of all the sin. He's going to get rid of all the demons. And we're going to have the greatest revival in the history of this church. Joshua falls on his face before the ark of the Lord, wondering why we was defeated like this by such a small enemy. And God tells him, because sin is in your camp. So the man of God begins to bring families before him, and he begins to question them. Achan is brought before Joshua, and when he walks in, it's revealed that it's him, that this is the reason that sin is in the camp of, of Israel. Because of this one man's sin, they have been kept from victory. So they take Achan, and they take his family. They take all of his cattle, his sheep. They take everything that he owns to the valley of Achor. And they stone them, and they burn everything, and burn them. And they pile stones over them. You see, Israel was different than all the other nations because they were separate from the world. They were separate in their dress. They were a modest people. They were separate in their worship because they worshiped unlike anybody else. And they were separate because they believed in one God. Come on, we still believe in one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
Come on, the God of the Old Testament was revealed as the God of the New Testament in a manger at Bethlehem. Then he shed his blood on a cross. Come on, Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Everyone around them believed in more than one God, usually many gods, and sacrificed to all these false gods. Israel always stood with the one God, Jehovah. And Achan, as he and his family are being stoned, he still believed in one God, but he had reached for the world. And now not only him, but his family has to pay the price. I want you to understand that the first thing that Achan reached for was that Babylonish garment. Babylon in the Bible and at this time represented the world. Everything Israel was, Babylon was the opposite. Israel represented holiness. Israel represented purity, sanctity, and modesty, and separation. Babylon represented sin, immorality, impurity, and a place where anything goes. Babylon was where they wore the bright colored makeup and outlandish clothes, and they were very immodest. The Israelites were a modest people that were always separate from the world they lived in. And then the second thing he reached for was the silver shekels. The silver shekels and half shekels was always the currency of the temple. Anytime you brought money to the priest, it was usually of silver and was most often in the form of the shekel of the sanctuary. Over and over, time after time, silver and the shekel are made in reference as a shekel or the currency of the sanctuary. Then the next thing he reached for was the wedge of gold. Gold represents deity. That's why the wise men, when Jesus was born, they brought him gold. They were acknowledging his kingship and deity. God always, gold always represents God. That's why everything in the holies of holies was covered with pure, polished gold. We need to let Achan teach us a lesson because everything comes with a price. I see all over America in our churches that we have slowly but surely fallen in love with the things of Babylon and the things of this world. We have reached for the things of this world without thinking of the price or what it will cost. Come on, our music. You better be careful what kind of music you listen to. Well, it's all right. I just listen to country. That's even worse. You can understand it. What we watch. Come on, you better watch what your eyes are watching because there's small eyes in the background that's watching it with you. Gossip. Man, we got this right now. You can't move without somebody filming you on Facebook. 
I see all kinds of pictures of me on Facebook. I'd be driving down the road just to sing it. And I turn around and it's like, I'm like, really? Twitter. What's the other one? Instagram. And our dress. I'll just stop. Listen, we get, we get down on the women all the time about how they dress. And we got these little fruity guys. I'm just going to tell you. Sorry. That's my last vacation. <laughs> Got their pants so tight, I don't even know how they got them on. Little old sashaying up there. Listen, you don't, you don't have to be a sissy to be able to do music. And we don't say a word to them because we're willing to sell out for talent. Come on, men, dress like men. God loves men of God. Cutting Ladies cutting off the power of their hair because you're reaching for that Babylonish garment because everything looks good when you pull it out. Then comes the silver. And that's the things of the temple or the church. That always falls next. When you start reaching for the world, Come on, I'm tired of people saying church isn't like it used to be. No, honey, you're not like you used to be. God hasn't changed. You're the one that's changed. Come on, I still see him carried out drunk in the spirit. Come on, I still come to church and I'm refreshed and on fire for God when I leave. Come on, my God hasn't changed. Maybe you have changed because you're too busy worried about a Babylonish garment that you've let the shekel get away from you. The shekel is the things of the house of God. You see, while you was reaching for all the things of the world, the temple was defiled. Standards are relaxed and the things of this world have made it its way into the church. And then the next thing to go is the deity. Come on, I've seen it with my friends. Well, I'm just going to leave. I'm still going to preach the message. And then in a year, you don't even recognize anything that they're preaching. They don't even believe baptism is essential. Come on, you must be baptized to be saved. And you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. The Lord spoke to me not too long ago. And he says, I forgive them. I fill them. I got one job I want you to do. Baptize them. Come on, we're not preaching repentance and baptism like we should. We're having Holy Ghost rallies where 500 get the Holy Ghost, but they baptize 10. 
Come on, we're missing it somewhere. We've been reaching for Babylon too long and the things of the, of the temple have gotten away from us. How long, how long has it been since you witnessed to your neighbor or witnessed to the guy on the job and said, listen, he that believeth and is baptized, the same shall be saved. Go ahead and reach for the world because it's a high price that you're going to pay. Because it affects more than you. What about your kids? What about your grandkids? Where are they going to go to get what they need from God? Not you, because you paid the price by reaching for the things of this world. I'm so tired of self-centeredness and sin. I am so tired of it getting its way into our churches. That's why I love this place. Come on, I love the way it felt in here on a Wednesday night. Come on, when the people of God who are sold out for God, they were in here tonight, you were worshiping God. They sang a song that was older than all of us. Guess what? You still worship God and you still felt His presence. Come on, church. I know that you haven't been reaching for Babylon because it shows in the temple and it shows in the deity where God shows up We've got to understand that there's a place of torment called hell. I don't know when God is coming back, but I do know it's soon. Come on, this world's in too much turmoil. He's coming back soon. This world is coming apart right now as we speak. I've never seen America in this shape. Come on, people are arguing over things. That I never would have dreamed. Let's go ahead. We'll make a baby comfortable. Somebody said, you better quit saying that. You're going to go to jail. Well, okay. I, I, just, I just go get me some rest. Sandra, put some money on the books because I'm going to need some ramen noodles. <laughs> and Spam. <laughs> God is coming back. But guess what? He comes back every five seconds for somebody. Every five seconds in the United States of America, someone goes into eternity. And death doesn't, it's no respecter of persons. My father died at 64. My sister at 42. My grandson at four months. Because death doesn't care what color you are. Death doesn't care how much money you have. Come on, death doesn't care what your family name is. It doesn't care what kind of car you drive. Come on, we got to be ready. And we got to get a hunger for the lost. Come on, we got to get a hunger for souls. Come on, we got to get a hunger for the person that we give our debit card to every morning when we fill up our tank of gas at the store. Come on, you got to invite him to church because it's here. The power of God is here. Come on, the chain breaker is in this place. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for a dad that taught me that what it means to not be in love with the world. 
and what it means to love the church and what it means to be in the presence of God. When I walked through those doors, I was, y'all know me, I'm a little bit hyper sometimes. I make coffee nervous most of the time. And I get to pacing. There's no telling what I'll say. That's a bad thing. I've been chewed out more than one time a week. (laughs) But when I went to that man's funeral Saturday... And I'm just going to tell you, it was at a church that used to be on fire. They're no longer apostolic. They don't even worry about baptizing. They've given up everything because they wanted to be more seeker-friendly. That's why this is stirring in me. They wanted to be more seeker-friendly. They wanted to put on more of a show. Oh, you can, you can do anything you want. Just come on to church and pay your tithes. Just do whatever you want. And there laid that man of God because his family, he didn't go to that church anymore. But this is where they had him buried. And I looked at him laying there, and I remember my dad telling me how, big a, how much a soul winner that man was. And I thought, God, what am I doing? I got to stand before this man in judgment. Oh, I baptized thousands of people, but this guy went into the prisons. This guy went into places nobody else would go. In his last breath, he said, I want souls. I want souls. I just, I just, this church is a part of us. We love this place. And I just envisioned a massive building. I, I, I'll tell you, three years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want 1,500 in this town. Come on, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Come on, it starts one at a time. Just bring your friend. Let him feel what we felt during song service tonight. Come on, just bring your neighbor. Come on, bring your cousin. Bring some of your family members. And when they come in here and they feel the power of the cross that I felt right there. Come on, it's going to break away all that old bondage. It's going to break away all that old sin. It's going to break away all that shame. Last night, my wife was at our Celebrate Recovery watching all the heathen kids there. I'd be back and celebrate recovery. (laughs) If I had to watch all those kids. (laughs) And I was at home with our heathen kids. (laughs) And she calls and says, guess who's here? I said, I don't know, John the Baptist? And I heard Smart Alec and a couple other things. And she said, 
It's Nikki, my boy. <laughs> I would have, that was the last person I was thinking was going to be at Celebrate Recovery. He's been in church more times this year than I've ever seen him in church my whole life. And I sit in that chair in my recliner, and I just begin to thank God. Because I believe our children are going to be saved. So I, I, I talked to him on the phone. I said, hey, bub, what are you doing there? They have a free dinner or something? You know what he said? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I'm proud of you. He said, I got to do something. Come on, that's going to be one of your children. Y'all remember it wasn't too long ago I called... Y'all got to pray. My son's been shot. I don't know if he's going to make it. And I stood at the foot of his bed, and I, I knew that he had been praying a little bit and repenting. I said, God, if he's ready, take him. If you see that he's not going to live for you, take him right now, if he's ready to go. But God raised him up from that place. So God's not done with him. Come on, God's not done with your family. Come on, you haven't reached for the Babylonish garment. Come on, you've kept, the, you've kept the things of this temple. Come on, you've kept them sacred. Come on, you pay your tithes, you give. Come on, your children are going to come home. I believe with all my heart that it's just the start of things to come. And I said, Lord... Can you reach down and touch Jordan too? Come on, that's our other boy. Come on, lift your hands if you got you got prodigals. That's where our next revival's coming from. Come on, God hears your cry. Come on, God feels the weight that you're carrying around. Come on, God's got prayer warriors that are in closets right now praying for your family. Come on, they've been praying for this church. Come on, you may think it's impossible, but with God, all things are, are, are possible. Come on, you just keep on. You just keep on doing the right thing. You don't get distracted by the things that the devil keeps trying to throw at you and the world keeps trying to throw at you. You keep this place sacred. Come on, you keep his deity sacred. You keep on worshiping the one true God. You keep on pressing on. You keep on fasting. You keep on praying. Guess what? The devil's going to break. His bondage is going to break. We're going to see it. Brother Lester, we're going to see it happen. Let's all stand. It's easy to get tired. He tries to wear us down. He 
wants to make you tired. He wants to make you feel so weary. Anybody felt that weariness? Come on, am I talking to you? Come on, there's times I just feel like I can't even catch my next breath. Come on, it's just weary and well-doing. We've been doing right, but we're just tired. Come on, I feel like God wants to refresh somebody in this place right now. Come on, I feel like somebody's been under a weight. Come on, you've been under attack. Nobody even knows about it. But you've just been keep putting one foot in front of the other. Come on, when it seems like it was impossible, you just kept on coming to the house of God. Come on, you just keep walking up, putting your tithes, paying your tithes, giving to the house of God. Come on, God's about to lift it off of somebody right now in this place. Come on, that's why I just shut everything down. I got more to preach about, but I'm telling you right now in the name of Jesus, there's somebody in this place, when you walked in, you didn't realize you was about to have an encounter that you've been praying for, you've been fasting for. Come on, if you'll come down to the front right now. Come on, we'll lay hands on you, and the body will begin to pray for you. Come on, I feel it in Jesus' name. Come on, faith is, is action. You got to step out in faith. Come on, faith is action. Come on, you've been, it's just been on and on, over and over. It seems like you don't, you take one step forward and it's two steps back. Every time you turn around, the enemy has attacked you from another direction. Come on, by the authority of the Word of God right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, it's about to lift off of you. Come on, you just have to believe. You have to humble yourself.